Hello, friends. It is officially NHL playoff hockey time, and that means we've got some thoughts on the opening games, uh, some of which actually occurred yesterday, some of which have occurred this evening, and some of which are still scheduled to happen. We'll talk about what has occurred in the opening salvos of this NHL playoffs for the year 2022 coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I mentioned at the start, I wanted to talk about the first couple of games from the NHL playoffs. Uh, there were some games that, uh, as of this recording, have just ended thanks to, uh, for some reason, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Rangers deciding to go about 20,000 periods of overtime. Um, I'll have some thoughts on those games uh, on Thursday's episode. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stagger it so that we don't you know, go through too, too many games and we keep some, some stuff saved up for, uh, future episodes, but, you know, day one definitely had some very interesting results. Uh, day one, of course, being Monday, we saw Boston versus Carolina, Tampa Bay versus Toronto, St. Louis versus Minnesota and LA versus Edmonton. Now, what's really funny about these games is most of them were not particularly close, uh, especially on the score lines. Um, the first game that we'll talk about is Boston versus Carolina. This series, I think, definitely looks a little bit lopsided. Um, Carolina is is definitely the favorite in the series. And even if Freddie Anderson is going to miss any sort of time for this team, which I, I don't recall if he was in net for the first game, um, you know, this team so, still has the scoring chops to basically cut apart the Bruins offense and defense. Uh, this team is super deep. They are very well disciplined. And I, I do think Carolina has a bit of a chip on its shoulder because it is a team that has struggled to uh, really get deep into the postseason. Um, and it's not always clear as to why. Maybe they've just come against some really great opponents and it's you know been a, a bit of a consistency or maybe a luck issue. But now that they have, uh, at least once healthy, a really great goaltending group um, led by Anderson, who quite honestly could have been one of the Vesna finalists this season. I mean, this is a really deep team, and I think Boston would have to have a bit of a miraculous turnaround in order to try and get back in the series. I know it's just game one, but I think Carolina was so dominant for the most part and took advantage of any of Boston's mistakes that, quite honestly, I think the Bruins would at least have to steal a game in Carolina to have any sort of shot. If Boston goes back to its home base down 2 nothing. um, I don't really see a scenario where this Bruins team is able to claw back, uh, pun intended, I guess. This is a series in which they are definitely uh, in a pretty decent amount of trouble. 
even just from the start. I think Boston's age, lack of foot speed, and certainly, you know, the, the lack of elite scoring depth the further you go down the roster, it's definitely putting them in a tough position. You know, Carolina's getting contributions from guys like Seth Jarvis, uh, you know, recent arrivals to the team who have immediately hit the ground uh, running on top of really great scoring depth from guys like Andrei Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, you know, the usual cast of, of, of characters. Uh, I think even Niederreiter had a goal, which is pretty uncommon for him. So, you know, playoff goals, especially for Nino, have been a little bit hard to come by, even though he is a sensationally talented player. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this Carolina team, I don't know how I feel about them this year. Uh, I, I think that they're a really strong roster, and I do think that against most opponents, they're not going to have too many issues. They are a super, super deep team, very strong. Um, Carolina, I think, had maybe a little bit of fortune from some good saves in this game. Antti Ranta had to stand on his head for like part of the first period or so. But, you know, Boston, I, I think the Bruins have had some finishing issues. I, you know, definitely in, in previous seasons, goal scoring was a little bit of a premium. So, you know, the, the Canes, I, I still think are capable of being the more dangerous team, especially down low, but uh, I'm sure they probably want to give Odanta at least a little bit more rest. Uh, you know, Auntie is going to have to carry a lot of the load, especially if Freddie Anderson doesn't return anytime soon. But um, once the Canes were kind of able to break through from there, it started getting pretty easy. You know, after that first period where the Bruins were definitely putting pressure on, Carolina just seemed to find the back of the net very frequently. And, you know, this this lineup I really do think is capable of doing damage. Um, is it like Florida Panthers good? I, I don't really feel that. Um, I think it's hard to be on the level of a Florida team uh, like, like the Panthers. I think that squad with the depth that it has, plus, um, you know, Aaron Ekblad is just rejoining the team. That is an extremely deep squad with a lot of talent. And Carolina, I think, is is still a pretty good team, but maybe just not quite on that level. Um, in in previous seasons, you know, maybe uh, you you could say that uh, they were unlucky not to advance. Um, this year, I think they're going to have issues running into a really, really, really difficult competition, especially in like the second and third rounds. Um, this playoff field this year, especially in the East, seems super stacked, and so. Any of these slacking performances against the Bruins that they've had, even though they did kind of dominate on the scoreline and really closed out the game strong, I, I do think they're going to want to make sure that they don't fall behind at all during the series and that they just take care of business. I think that's the biggest thing going forward. You know, get a first round buy of a sort, maybe get a couple of games off and get ready for what could be an extremely difficult second round. Uh, the Canes, I, I do think, have the potential to go deep. I just I don't have a lot of faith in them as a team that I would count uh, in like the top two of like Stanley cup favorites. I think that they are somewhere in the top three or top four, but um, in terms of team rankings that I'd have ahead of them, you know, Colorado and the Panthers probably take the cake there. Maybe even Toronto at a stretch uh, Toronto and the Canes actually have some similar construction and maybe some similar issues in certain areas. But, you know, for the most part, I just think, um, Carolina has to go through a pretty brutal field. And so they will need a little bit of fortune to make it through just like most of the other teams, uh, especially if, if, you know, the Panthers do beat the caps and advance, that is not a team you want to be facing in the postseason. So yeah, there were some other playoff games happening around the same time. What's great is that they actually staggered it. So 
I got to see most of the games. Uh, Carolina Boston was probably the one that I watched the least of, but uh, the rest of them I definitely got to check out. And we'll talk about what happened in some of those other games in a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about rockauto.com. You know, if you've ever heard of them, you know that they're really awesome for auto parts, especially because these days we have an increasing uh, number of makes and models. And so it's really hard for your local car parts store to keep what you need in stock. Why, you know, waste time going out to a retail store um, only to have the store clerk tell you that they don't have what you need in stock and the only way that they can get it is to special order it. You might as well just stay home and shop with rockauto.com. If you've got a computer, you've got access. Uh, Or if you want to order from your mobile phone, you can also do that. You save time and money with rockauto.com. Their prices are super competitive. Uh, You know, like one part might be $350 at a retail store. That same part might be $216 from rockauto.com. As great as the prices and convenience are, though, you know, Rock Auto is really about being a family-run business that's here to support DIYers and has has been doing so for over 20 years. They have great prices, great customer service, and they have an amazingly diverse selection of parts, no matter your make and model. So go explore their easy-to-use website right now and find the solution for your auto part needs. To get started, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on the knee, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are continuing our uh, 2022 NHL playoffs coverage. You know, this is going to be in lieu of having much to talk about with the Jets until Winnipeg starts making moves. You know, the, the playoffs, I think a lot of people are actually, especially Jets fans, I think are still paying attention to and watching. For neutrals, there are some great series ongoing, uh, and the first day definitely did not disappoint. Um, I will say that a lot of the games were a little bit lopsided, but that's okay. You know, there were some surprises in there. And I think uh, if you like Canadian hockey, this was probably not a bad day for you. Before we get into why, I did want to say, uh, again, thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you are at it, I highly recommend checking out Locked On NHL and Locked On Now. Locked On Now uh, is one of our super cool, super special programs. We're one of the only groups that does it. We have uh, all of the latest game recaps, news, trade uh, trade announcements, and rumors um, with expert analysis from our NHL podcasters, giving you really good digestible 20 to 30 second sound bites, explaining the meat of everything, and giving you super detailed information at a glance when you want it on your favorite podcasting platform, same as you can find the Locked On Jets podcast. Odyssey, Megaphone, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. So be sure to check them out, give them a follow and a subscription. Again, we really appreciate your support. As far as the uh, the playoff hockey is concerned, you know, this has been a, a pretty chaotic start. Now, one of the games that I think a lot of people were, were tuning into was Toronto versus Tampa Bay. And this series, uh, it's got some interesting storylines. You know, Tampa Bay is not as good as it used to be. And this is still a very strong Lightning team. Uh, Tampa, while they have kind of declined a bit, I mean, this is still a squad that has a ridiculous power play, great, great even strength scoring, and a pretty solid defense backed by one of the league's top goalies in Vasilevsky. So, you know, with the veteran experience that they have, um, a couple of Stanley Cup wins under their belt, this is a hard team to bet against. And yet, you know, the Lightning this year looked a little bit slower, maybe a bit more tired. Uh, you know, all the hockey that they've played over the past couple of years, maybe it's starting to catch up. You know, not having that usual longer offseason of rest, 
you know, a couple of years of, of deep runs might be taking its toll. Um, Tampa Bay is not a young team and they've had to cut some guys uh, along the way due to cap constraints. And so this squad is probably the weakest that we've seen over the past few years. And yet this is still not a lightning team that you can really sleep on. None of that ended up mattering though, because Toronto basically ripped them apart from puck drop. Um, the Leafs really just swarmed Tampa Bay, cut off passing lanes. I, I thought that Tampa's zone exits were constantly being disrupted. The Lightning looked very disorganized and chaotic, which is not something that we're usually accustomed to with them. Uh, Tampa is is very coordinated, very good at, at passing, making clean exits, especially controlled exits. And Toronto's pressure and overlapping routes and constant deception, I think, really threw the Lightning off. Um, Tampa just really struggled to find defensive markings, could not make zone exits, and those breakouts did not transition into offensive opportunities very often. You know, it's not like Tampa Bay didn't have shots. They definitely had some pretty decent opportunities here and there on the counter, but Jack Campbell ended up sniffing out most of them, and uh, Toronto just was really clinical at the other end. So um, I don't really think that we should read too, too much into the first game other than that. I would say Toronto is legit so long as Campbell can remain uh, at least average in that. I think that they've got a really good chance of getting through the first couple of rounds, maybe even making it to the conference finals. This Toronto team, I think, is a sleeping giant, even though they've been tearing apart opponents for a while. I just don't know if it's really hit the public consciousness yet that they're this good. Um, With all the media attention in Canada that they get, you would imagine most people would know that they are pretty lethal. Uh, Matthews, a 60 goal scorer, you know, how can you not be concerned about him on the power play plus Marner, Nylander, et cetera. So this is, this is a team that I think despite the Panthers being a juggernaut, I think the, the, the Leafs are not far off. Um, maybe not as deep in certain areas and maybe, you know, the net minding is going to be a little bit of an issue, but overall a phenomenal team and one that I could see going the distance to a Stanley cup finals. Uh, the next game that I thought would be really uh, worth highlighting in just brief, just because it wasn't really super, super, um, well, at least on the scoreline, it wasn't super even, but Minnesota versus St. Louis, it was a penalty riddled match. Uh, you know, both teams were really physical. There was a lot of uh, a lot of disciplinary issues um, and Minnesota just had so much trouble finishing opportunities. They had guys uh, at open nets for tap-ins, just shanking the shot wide and then St. Louis would hit back on a counter and squeeze it, you know, on a rebound off of Flurry. I think Flurry might be starting to show some of the dip in form recently. And uh, St. Louis is just a team that you can't really afford to make mistakes against. You know, the wild not scoring was already a problem, but then you have Flurry struggling to maintain his depth, struggling to handle rebounds. And so, you know, the Blues ended up taking the first game for nothing. Minnesota is is definitely in trouble. Uh, the wild. Uh, are going to have a really tough time trying to win all of their games on the road. So, yeah, I mean, St. Louis definitely has the early advantage. I'm not going to count the Wild out because this is still a very good Minnesota team, and they've shown that they have played through adversity before. But, uh, yeah, you know, not exactly the situation that I think Minnesota expected to find itself in, especially for the first game of the series. We'll continue to monitor that one um, and give you some thoughts on Thursday about their next game. But we do have one more that I wanted to talk about on tonight's episode, Ellie versus Edmonton. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. 
But before we go any further, just wanted to shout out the fine folks at Built Bar. If you've heard me talk about Built Bar, you know that I'm a big fan. Uh, it's the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Ordering Built Bars right now is actually a really great idea because summer's coming. And with summer, you're going to need something on the go. You know, Built Bars are perfect snacks, you know, whether you're you're taking them on family vacations, stuffing them in your kids' backpacks before they go to school, or maybe you're just looking for a quick pick-me-up before you hit the gym. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, and they taste even better, you know, as, as good as they are for you, they're even tastier. I mean, they've got great flavors like churro puff, coconut, coconut almond. One of my personal favorites, a very simple one, but very flavorful and well done, very tasteful. It's raspberry dark chocolate. I, for some reason, just really dig it. And I don't usually like dark chocolate, but Built Bars make that whole combo just work in a way that I haven't really had with many other uh, candy bars and stuff. Um, as great as they taste, and believe me, Built Bars are delicious, they're even better for you with most bars clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you want to place your order, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We're closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on uh, uh, Edmonton versus LA. This was the final game of day one of the NHL playoffs. And yeah, I mean, if you wanted some crazy, crazy action that you probably weren't expecting, Kings versus the Oilers was it. Um, the main storyline is that LA kind of got pumped, but thanks to Mike Smith in net for Edmonton, he ended up tipping the entire game and really had some errors and mistakes that, quite frankly, put the Oilers in an unwinnable position. Uh, one of the worst ones was when he came behind his net and mishandled the puck. I don't even know who he was trying to pass it to. He had a couple of Oilers skaters um, along the walls and stuff and one guy across the slot. Whatever happened, he ended up uh, creating a turnover and he wasn't anywhere near getting back into his net. An easy open goal for the Kings. And just like that, LA ended up winning uh, what should have been a, a pretty clear loss for them, 4-3. to three. Smith, you know, unfortunately for the Oilers, he's just not good enough. He hasn't been good enough for a long time. And I think one of the things that bothers me with Smith is that when he has issues and is very clearly at fault for goals against, he usually starts pointing fingers at his teammates. If you're McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Darnell Nurse, um, at one point Oscar Clefbaum, not the case right now, but all of these guys you know, who have played with him, they're all leaders on the team, especially scoring leaders and guys who have taken the mantle of trying to carry the squad forward. And yet, you know, the goaltending remains one of their biggest issues. Uh, Ken Holland definitely hasn't done a very good job of trying to solve this. But, you know, by the same token, I just feel like Smith at some point has got to go. He's definitely holding the team back. And it's not like Koskinen is amazing either. But Miko doesn't really seem to have the same behavioral issues. Uh, the team has actually thrown Koskinen under the bus more than they have Smith, which is, I don't even know what to say about that, but uh, maybe they just really like Mike. I don't know. Whatever the case is, he's definitely bad enough to, to tip the series. And I thought Jonathan Quick at the other end was very good. Uh, we haven't seen Quick look um, as dialed in until the past season or, two, season or two. I thought that he definitely had a dip in form. Uh, Quick was always at one, you know, always overrated during his prime, but still has amazing reflexes. Uh, he had a couple of really good techniques that I think he 
maybe utilized to their absolute max limits, but, you know, got some pretty productive numbers out of it. And so with, with, you know, the Kings, they're not a great team. They're losing scoring depth. They've had injuries. The defense is definitely helter skelter. But if Mike Smith continues to implode, this is going to be a very similar situation to what happened when the Jets played Edmonton last year. It's not going to be a sweep that much. I can tell you, but I do think that the Kings are probably going to see this one out unless Koskinen comes in and just steals the whole thing. I I think the Oilers are such a good team, and yet um, they find themselves lacking in the one position that matters the most and that they really haven't been able to solve. And so, yeah, Edmonton, they're they're, they're definitely trudging up the hill, and I don't know how the series is going to pan out, but I do think, you know, Mike Smith might be the difference maker for Edmonton in the opposite direction of what they're looking for. Uh, from these first few games, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Which games really surprised you? Which team surprised you? Uh, what players do you think have really stood out, maybe in a positive way or a negative way? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Throughout the rest of the week, we're going to continue to have more NHL playoffs coverage, so be sure to subscribe and keep up to date on the latest Locked On Jets podcasts. And while you're at it, I highly recommend that you also check out our entire network of teams that are currently in the playoffs, uh, Locked On Stars, Locked On Kings, uh, of course, Locked On Abs, if you're wanting to hear about our Central Division friends, Locked On Wild. I mean, we've got so many great podcasts covering all of the hottest teams, especially right now, so be sure to follow those squads as well. Um, But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!